Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Process Podcast. I'm Charlie Witkowski, and this week I am joined, as always, by my best friend, co-host, and birthday boy, Nick Veronica, this week. Uh, Nick and I break down the Bills-Jets game a little bit, talk about the resurgence of the Bills' running game, talk about uh, Matt Breida, obviously, talk about Isaiah McKenzie, obviously, Talk about how good this defensive line looked without Star, and what is the future of Star on this Bills team next season. We also talk a little bit of American League and National League MVP. Should managers in Major League Baseball still be wearing uniforms? thought that was a pretty good question. You have to listen to find our answers. Um, and finally, we talk about are we scared of the Patriots? Are the Patriots really a threat to the Buffalo Bills and the FC East? Give us a listen, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica. Follow myself on Twitter at Chowit68. Follow the Process Podcast on Twitter at the underscore Process Pod. Uh, follow us on Spotify, Apple. I believe we're on Google. Give us a look up on there. And most importantly, remember to always trust the process. <laughs> Happy birthday oh. to you. <laughs> happy, happy no, no birthday. One, no, no one listening to, to the podcast you. cares. Oh, everyone someone, wants to hear me sing. No happy one cares birthday that it's someone else's to birthday. My best friend and co host, Nick <laughs> Veronica, who just joined the old man's club at 30 years old. Nick, don't worry. They say 30 is the new 20. So you should still feel like a young, young man. So I gotta tell you, when I was a uh, a younger a younger person, which, which I need to define now as like below thirteen, maybe I'd be like, ah, oh, this athlete's retiring. He's thirty two years old. He's, <laughs> you know, well, you know, what's he doing? He's so soft. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, it, it it's funny. Like even now, like I watch like like you know sports. I don't think we've talked about this before. Like I watched it with like Josh Allen or like one of those guys. And I'm like. Oh man, what look at that kid. Look at that kid play. And I feel like I can do that at 31 years old. But you know, it's also still crazy for me to think about when people ask me how old I am and I say, Oh, I'm 31. I'm like, Jesus, I'm 31 years old. <laughs> you forget, like if you're watching college football, you're like, these are babies. Right? Like my my neighbor, uh her son is a senior at UGA uh on the football team. So senior senior days this weekend. I'm like, I feel like forever ago old when I like graduated college. Yes, I, I was looking at something today actually for a story that's coming out this week that was edited editing, and they were referring to the the nineteen dash twenty season. And I initially read it as the oh nine ten season. And I was just like, <laughs> Holy cow, this is yeah, this is it's not good. It's crazy, man, and uh, just wait till you get older and turn 31 and get married and have kids, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, one they, they say one kid changes you. That's uh, pretty damn true on my side, but your day will come, my friend. I have no doubt about it, uh, but hey, let's, uh, let's get into it. We got to talk Bills-Jets because it looked like the Bills finally found – a little bit of rhythm on the offense. First half looked a little bit sketchy, but Nick, what were your takeaways from the Bills Jets game? My takeaways were reminding myself the NFL is a week to week league and don't overreact one way or the other to just one week. I was, you know, I'd, I'd seen the, so some press release came in about, about the odds, the betting odds for the season. And the Bills uh, win total was like 11 and a half. And I was doing the math. I'm like, They'd have to go seven and two the rest of the way to hit hit the over. I'm like, this team just lost to Jacksonville. No way are they going seven and two. And then you you know you watch them play against the Jets and it's you know another forty something performance when they still weren't even going on you know operating at full steam here. And you're like, oh yeah, that's who this team is when uh, the offensive line is back when everything's you know normal not even perfect just normal it's like oh yeah that's why in a weird year they're still the favorite in the afc like they're gonna be good even you know every every team you're seeing across the league bad days happen right week to week league just 
fix it the next week. It's all about can you peak at the right time? Well, and I, I think Sean McDermott has touched on that a few times. You know, yes, it's a week-to-week league, and you got to be ready to go week-to-week. And I think every player, including, you know, and Sean McDermott on top of it, all said, you know, they, they weren't prepared for Jacksonville. They were not ready for Jacksonville like what they should have been. And and, and I think that game was obvious, um, you know, but they had a good bounce-back game. And the running game looked like it had a nice little bounce-back as well. They looked a lot better. Um, not to toot toot my own horn here, but Matt Breida scored a touchdown on a quarter of his touches. He touched the ball eight times, got eight times. We, got we need to give twice. you some some credit here. You are the number one Matt Breida stand. It. I, I'm thinking about changing my. I think about changing my Twitter uh, handle to number one Matt Breida stand. I've been I've been thinking about it all week. Uh, did you I have to start time. him in any fantasy leagues? You know, I went to go pick him up in one league, and someone picked him up, and I was kind of surprised. And, uh, you know, uh, luckily I did not play that person. Um, but, no, I long story short, no, I did not. But I, I really think now he's really given this coaching staff a tough, uh, <clears throat> a tough decision to make here because what do they do going forward? Do you continue to run with two – uh, you know, well, technically three running backs. If you consider Taiwan Jones being a quote unquote running back, you know, he's really just in for special teams, but Matt Breida can also play that special teams role. I think he played a few snaps on the special team side as well. Um, but he also does a good, good job. Um, you know, obviously running the ball, he had two touchdowns on, 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 on eight touches. He looked well, uh, the one touchdown to the outside, he had a lot of explosiveness, which is something you haven't really seen from uh, Singletary or um, or Moss this year. So, you know, it, it's a totally different uh, different dynamic you get from Matt, Matt Breida beside, from the other two. When I listened to the CBS broadcast of his red zone touchdown, I felt like I was listening to the process. The announcer said the <laughs> same exact thing you say every week. You know, he's got more speed than anybody on this team. He's a threat. The you know, same exact thing that you always say. And then what, what's he doing? Quick cut to the outside. Boom. End zone. Can't teach speed. No, I mean, you really can't teach speed. And, you know, there's Actually, a reason why you can't Matt Breida teach speed. I like that expression. I'm sorry. There are many track coaches there who do really good work who would <coughs> really disagree. You can teach some speed. Listen, man, I've been trying to learn speed for 31 years. I haven't gotten any faster. Well, so, I, I don't get know. a better maybe coach. I, maybe, I don't know maybe I have the wrong coach. But Matt Breed, I think, at this point, has earned a spot every week on this roster, right? I think you can scratch a guy like a Jake Kumaro. I, I feel like they're deep enough at the wide receiver position. Um, I think that Gabe Davis looked good, um, very good. He had a beautiful catch on the sideline, which we'll, we'll talk about in a, in a minute. Um, a little lucky, know, but, was, yeah, it was great. Right. You got Emmanuel Sanders who who has looked good. You know, I, I think they're your top four. You're fine. Even top five, you count Isaiah McKenzie, who is another I, I don't know. I need to come up with a new Twitter handle because between <laughs> calling Matt Breida and calling out this offensive uh coordinator for not using Isaiah McKenzie in the red zone, both of those things happened. Both of those guys scored touchdowns. Just saying, uh maybe I should be the offensive coordinator uh in Buffalo instead of Brian Dable. Uh, there will Sean, there will be a vacancy process, in three months. Yeah, yeah, hey, the job might be open. Maybe I should call uh, uh, call over to One Bills Drive see if they'll see if I can fill out an application real quick. This um, is this is this sounds like when some people are getting married and they send an invitation like some rich people like just to see if they send a gift back when they decline. Like you would be like, hmm, maybe the bills Sean McDermott will send me a letter back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the letter will probably say what. <laughs> You want you want to do what? We, we have we have received your application, and we'll let you know if we move forward with your candidacy. Yeah, right, right, right. No, I, I, I uh, long story short, though, you know, again, I, I said Matt Breida needed to be active, and he was, and he looked good. I said you got to give the ball to Isaiah McKenzie in, in the end zone, they or in the red zone, they did, and he scored a touchdown. I said the Bills would score forty five points, and what? Guess what happened, Nick? You called me crazy, and guess what? The Bills did. All right. I, I did yeah. call 45-13, and I, you know, 
uh, uh, you know, the Jets did score an extra touchdown there, but you know, not not too shabby of a week for me. I should I sh- of all weeks to not bet on the NFL, I should have put some money on the Bills because I might have been a rich man talking to you today. Listen, when when the market re- overreacts to one game and you stay cool, that's that's your opportunity. You know that that was my game, but. I mean, all in all, I, I don't think there's a lot of negatives to take away from the game, right? I think, uh, you know, Gabe Davis had that beautiful catch on the sideline, that little bobbly, little bit of a bad throw by Josh. But, uh, you know, nice job by Gabe to come up with a little toe drag swag there um, on the sideline. I thought Gabe Davis looked good uh, throughout the game as well. He made a couple of nice catches, um, you know, obviously against Stephon Diggs, had a big game. I, 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 I thought about you most of the times when Diggs touched the ball because – I felt like that was Diggs coming out game of the season. That was his best game of the year by far. And, and it's not even close. I mean, you can't even look at another game and compare. Yeah. Was it Washington or Houston? He had like a big total, but it wasn't like they needed him to do stuff. Like just, they, just they needed him no to get that offense, that offense going, you know, get that passing game going. And they were able to get him, uh, you know, get him moving and get that offense moving. And, and it all kind of circled around that Diggs, um, that 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 digs Allen, um, you know, teamwork there. But you know, one thing I found interesting too is um, the Bills used play action on fifty-seven percent of their dropbacks this past week, which is crazy. Thinking that they don't really have a great running game, so who are they trying to fool, fool with play action, right? That's what the um, listen. The research shows you don't have to even be a threat. Any play action will affect linebackers. Well, even so, so. And this is all from Next Gen Stats on ESPN. Uh, play action rate was fifty-seven percent. Josh Allen was fourteen for seventeen on play action for three hundred and five yards and one interception. <laughs> I still love that you can like oh, there's a split stat of a Bills quarterback throwing for three hundred yards after going so long without one. Right, right. It's like oh, I'll always still that. Only I'll looking at this that. set of plays, yeah, three hundred yards. Yeah, love it. And the fact that. Was that interception interception, by the way? I thought the ball hit the ground. I'm blanking on that play. Okay. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was really, you know, a game-changing interception, right? But, you know, I definitely thought for sure that it was a uh, – that the ball hit the ground there in some capacity. But, um, nevertheless, you know, it goes down as an interception for Josh Allen. Um, you know, that wasn't as obvious as the one last year that was a clear, clear drop against the Rams. Um, but you know, I, I thought for them to sit down and review this and not overturn it was interesting. Um, you know, and then you get into the defensive side of the ball. There was no um, star this past week. He was scratched with COVID on Sunday before the game. Uh, Harrison Phillips saw a lot of the snaps at defensive tackle, and he actually Harrison Phillips saw more snaps than Ed Oliver. Uh, Harrison Phillips saw forty six. Ed Oliver saw forty one. Um, and Vernon Butler uh, saw about 45. Effie Obata impressed me this week, Nick. Um, you know, I, I, I think Ed Oliver definitely impressed me this week. Again, I noticed the Jets, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt a little bit. Um, but Harrison Phillips looked very good and very comfortable in that role, and I think that's the best that the Bills' front four has really played in a few games. I would I – would... I guess I agree with that. I'm thinking Tremaine Edmonds was was out, and I'm trying to think because he's so good at filling in some of those holes. But you do have to take quality of opponent into into account here. The best the front four has played. I'm trying to think what was the game, the game when uh, Greg Rousseau was just just the monster all over people. Was that was that farther back than you're referencing? Am yeah, I- that that that's further back. I mean, you go back to the Jacksonville game. This offense did not do much. You go back to the Titans game. I'm sorry. This defensive line did not do much against Jacksonville. You go back to the uh, Titans game. You know, they really didn't do much against the Titans. Um, you know, so, so you know, maybe, maybe two or three games. They were a little bit more active against Kansas City. Right? Yeah. Maybe, maybe um, yeah. Kansas City was good. And the first Miami game was very good. But I'm thinking, yeah. you, you're thinking more recent. I'm thinking more of a whole season. Yeah, I'm thinking more recent. I, th- I think that, you know, uh, No Star really helped them get their get their groove back a little bit. Um, Is that weird to say? 
no star helped them get their groove back is that weird no because you know um you know I, I let me ask you this question because i think this defense looked better without starting again i know it's one game i know it's the jets but i feel like there's so much pressure to get star in because he's the big body boy that you know he's not produced like what he should this year obviously his contract is a lot of money what do you do with star next year i mean do you find a way to get him to take a pay cut to keep him on the team if you cut him you gotta have a big big uh you know cap penalty coming back at you which it, it, it took this team a long time to fix and brandon bean has done a very good job of getting them out of that um cap penalty purgatory um Yes, I'm using big words now on the process podcast. But <laughs> what uh, what is the plan next year? I, I don't know if you necessarily need to keep a guy who isn't going to necessarily be in your starting front four on a consistent basis and continue to pay him what you're paying him. Yeah, I hear you. So Star is, is their high floor guy. Like he's going to give you some – quality production he's not you know he's not going to really do a ton in the pass rush his his ceiling is limited but his floor i think is a little bit higher so i i think they like that they know what they have in him like he's going to be pretty consistent every week and it's going to be consistently average but the way that they rotate i would not be surprised if they brought him back in more slightly more of a reserve role i mean i don't know if you have the numbers in front of you i got a guess right now star is probably playing 40% of snaps maybe, but, and I would guess, uh, well, uh, you know, before the last game that would be, and then I would guess, uh, well, maybe even more than 40, but I would guess like Harrison Phillips and those guys were probably in the thirties. The and I, I could see, you know, star being, being the first backup type of guy, just because the McDermott seems to know what he likes, but at the same time, um, you could just cut him and say, we need better than that. Average is not good enough for this team. I don't know. Really depends. I do have to think that they are at least a little bit upset with a guy who I had to sit out last season because the pandemic was too dangerous, but then didn't get vaccinated and now is missing time because it's not like that's so weird to me. I don't know how I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, to your first point, Nick, Star played 59% of the snaps against um, the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, him and Ed Oliver were in for the same amount and led all defensive tackles in that game with 36 snaps. Hmm. All right. So I was I was I was shooting too low on 40%. But be, being the starter, I got I, what I meant to imply was that he's not playing like the overwhelming majority of being the starter because they do rotate so much. So I could see a scenario where maybe he's playing, you know, 35% next year as, as the, the top rotational guy. Or maybe, maybe it's even situational. If it's, you know, more, more of a, a rundown, he kind of comes in. And if it's, you know, neutral or, or pass heavy, maybe he's out. Yeah. Um, and to your other point real quick, the fact that he did set out because COVID was too dangerous and then decided not to get vaccinated, I think is a little ridiculous. <laughs> um you know, uh, speaking of COVID, you got Spencer Brown, who I think has looked very good on the offensive line and really can change can change this entire complexion of the offensive line when he's in the game, allows you to move Darrell Williams inside, which I think Darrell Williams looks more comfortable inside. And I think everyone really does. I think that's the general consensus of all the options that you have when you listen to Bill's podcast or Bill's talk radio. I think everyone says the same thing, right? He looks so much more comfortable inside that that's where he should be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Brown allows you to do that because Spencer Brown is just a yeah. freak. If you want to start talking about Spencer Brown, I mean, we, we can start talking about this Colts game coming up. I think losing Spencer Brown is going to is gonna hurt. The Bills offense was kind of bad when he was out with that back injury. He came back last week. Offense was good again. You saw against, I mean, the game they lost against Jacksonville. Jacksonville O line was horrible. Allen was under duress all day. We talked about it. I don't. Can you really put Cody Ford back out there after that game? 
Are you looking at Ryan no. Bates? Like, 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 what do you, what does your offensive line look like this week with Spencer Brown out? You know, I think they need to find a way. <laughs> it's gonna sound crazy. They need to find a way to keep Jared Williams inside because I think that's the best bet, right? And who's and playing I, tackle? I, I feel like, you know, who who else? I mean, I don't know who else they could could, could put on the outside at defensive end. In, or I'm sorry, on offense at offensive uh, tackle. Uh, tackle. Um, you know, to take Spencer Brown's place. I think you have options. Maybe, maybe there's some guys on the practice squad you could look at. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, there's no way you you could put Jared Williams back on the outside, right? He's been a liability out there and you have a quarter of a billion dollar quarterback sitting back there who you paid a lot of money to, to stay healthy on top of it. And you can't put him in any danger. And I feel like putting, um, Darrell Williams back on the outside. It's just asking for trouble. So, who do you think it plays right tackle? Uh, you know, I have to look at the um at the roster here, but I, I, I mean, I, the depth chart is not not kind. No, it's definitely not definitely not kind at uh, offensive tackle. That is for sure. Um. And I don't believe that they – I know they lost – was it Tommy Doyle that they lost to? Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I'm looking at the Bills' website. He's still listed on the depth chart, which I was very surprised to see. Okay. Okay, which that's interesting that they still have that on, on their website. Yeah, let, uh, me, uh, let me check a different site. That's weird. So on, on ESPN, I'm looking right now at right tackle. Yeah, no, Tommy Doyle is still on – the roster. Um, there was another offensive lineman that they drafted as well. Maybe Tommy Doyle steps in. I mean, he's another big freak offensive lineman. Um, but I, that I don't know if I'm starting. Um, Darrell Williams back on the outside. Uh, so okay, maybe. Not, maybe. We might be thinking of Jack Anderson, the seventh. Thank you, Jack guy. Anderson. Jack Anderson. Okay, he was he was claimed off the yes, he was claimed. Um, for what it's worth, Tommy Doyle is six foot eight, three twenty six. <laughs> so he's another freak, uh, you know, big boy back there, at uh, at uh, uh, offensive tackle. Maybe they give him a shot, man. I mean, he was a fifth round pick. Um. And see what he can do. I, I don't think he could be any worse than Daryl Williams. I think he's going to be active this week. Um, I don't know. I think he could be worse than Daryl Williams. I don't know, man. As bad as Daryl Williams looked against the uh, looked against the Jaguars specifically, I don't think he could be worse. I mean, and that's the Jaguars. And I think and I I, I think the Colts have a better team, right? Mm-hmm. Like just their defense alone uh, is much better than the Jaguars. So I'll be curious to see where where they come. And then, then and you talk about the defense side of the ball with the Colts. You got to worry about Jonathan Taylor and uh, you know Naheem Hines. Like both of those guys are are dangerous with the ball in hand. And I think yeah. Jordan Porter said it best this week that um, you know Jonathan Taylor's a pretty hard runner, man. He he, he probably runs harder than um, than Derrick Henry, and and he's going to be a tough guy to bring down. Runs harder he's, than Derrick Henry. Hey, man. Jonathan Taylor's scary, and he's only 22 years old. For those, uh, um, for those Tremaine Edmonds fans out there, but he's got he's got the speed, he's got the strength. Um, he touched the ball last week against Jacksonville 21 times. His lowest touches came against Tennessee, which was only 10. Uh, but he has had a touchdown in every game but his first three, um, and he's had. Uh, that's receiving. He has had a hundred yards in one, two, three, four, five games so far this season. All right. And uh, against I got him on Jets, my fantasy team. He's doing great on my fantasy team. <laughs> against the Jets, Nick, he did have 172 yards rushing. And against Houston, he had 145 yards rushing. You love to see it. 
two teams that Buffalo played, uh, one of those two teams Buffalo even struggled to run the ball against unless it was Josh Allen. So, so let me ask you this. Do you think you see, depending on who goes in at that defensive tackle spot or offense tackle spot, do you see more Josh Allen designed runs this week? Because you did not see many last week against the Jets. I'm fine with, with not doing that. I mean, I, I don't know that the offensive line is going to be able to keep him upright. I mean, you're, you're talking, if it's not Tommy Doyle, you're talking Ryan Bates, you're talking Jamil Douglas, like somebody, somebody that you haven't, a name you haven't really heard here suddenly playing tackle against the Colts who are, who are hoping to become a playoff team and are going to be trying to get after him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you, you know, my feelings on this, I am fine with him running as little as possible or, or designed running as, as little as possible. Don't take the hits. Do, do you think they, they run more of a designed rollout for Josh to get him out of the pocket and buy him a little bit more time? Because you saw how well it did, you know, him trying to stay in the pocket against Jacksonville with this offensive line without a Spencer Brown mm-hmm. seemed to work. Yeah, um, I would, I would. There's more of that. Yeah. After the, the Jacksonville performance, I would think Brian Dable's probably looking at his options this week going, hmm, we gotta might need to put some of those plays in for this week. I don't you know, put them on the play sheet. Um he may know more effective measures than than that, but you gotta you gotta have something ready to go in case in case you get a repeat of two weeks ago. Do you think Matt Breda plays this week? Why not? Well, how do you bench a guy who scored two touchdowns? I mean, I trust me, I agree. Um, I mean, truthfully, I think if he plays, I think you can sit a guy like a Jay Kumro. There's no reason for, for again, and I, I know I brought this up before. There's no reason for you to run that many many wide receivers. Um, and Matt Breeders just he he looked good back there, and he brought a new dynamic to the running backs. I think that's something you need to consider. Would you dress all three? Yeah, why not? I, I all four of them dress Taiwan Jones because Taiwan Taiwan <laughs> Jones runs on the, you know, is more of that special teams guy. I would dress all four of them. I I think they did that last week as well. They had all four dressed, um, and see what you get. And and I don't care if you want to rotate all three of them throughout the lineup. Go right ahead. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, it seemed to work last week. It was probably their best running performance from running backs of the season, you know, Josh Allen, I, I think he only ran the ball twice last week. Um, so, so two like for that. three yards. What's that? Two for three yards. There you go. That's what I like to see. That's what I should be seeing for my QB one. Um, I don't want my QB one being RB one. See, say right. that all the time. Um, but I think if you're finally getting production from your running backs and it's allowing you to open up the play action pass and allowing you to open up those deep shots downfield, then why not play a guy like Matt Breida? Why, why not find a way to continue to get a guy like uh, Isaiah McKenzie involved? Yeah. He looked, you know, um, I still think this offense struggled a little bit in the red zone at times last week. I don't think they can come out and, you know, I don't want to necessarily say lay an egg in the first half, but they definitely can't come out and, you know, be stagnant in the first half. They, they, they need to put up more than six points, seven points in that first half. If, if they don't get 70 points, at least maybe I'm overachieving here. If they don't get at least 17 points in the first half, I don't think they win the football game. That, that's that's a big ask with this offensive line. I don't know. Might be looking at the under. But they need to convert in the red zone, and I don't care what offensive line they've had in there, converting in the red zone has been an issue. They have no problem getting down to the red zone. They have a problem putting up six instead of three in the red zone. This is true. They are pretty good at getting that three. I saw th- this week Tyler Bass, if you are curious, um, has made 16 field goals in a row. He just surpassed Dan Carpenter for the franchise lead in field goal percentage. Hey, straight bass, homie. Uh, he is leading my fran- my uh, fantasy football team in uh, in points, I believe, <laughs> as well. So sorry go, to hear that. 
Go Tyler Bass. My team is my team should be a lot better than what they are. I'm very disappointed. Uh, entire team is for sale. I am having a fire sale on the Red Solo Cups this season. So they are uh, full team fire sale right now. But that's what you get for trading know. away Cooper Cup. I don't know. You know, I traded away Cooper Cup trying to handcuff my quarterback who ended up trading to you anyway. <laughs> Uh, with with the wide receiver, and it didn't work out for me. You know, uh, I didn't have much faith in Matt Stafford. I'll put it that way. I'll put it that way. But look, looking forward here, uh, <laughs> the MVP, the guy who might be the MVP. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, let me ask you this question because I think it needs to be brought up with them obviously playing tonight and up thirteen nothing right now. Does New England worry you at all? after their big win against Cleveland? Yeah, they do. Mac Jones is looking not horrible. And you know they're going to be a well-coached team. You know Belichick's going to figure something out on defense. And mm-hmm. the offense, the offense isn't – well, last week they kind of blew somebody out, but they don't they don't scare me as much as they can be good enough to win with the good defense as well. I mean, they're going to be – they're a competent football team. And you look around the league – can't necessarily say that about about a lot of teams. So, are they going to win the Super Bowl? No, but I don't know. I would be at, at at least at this current juncture. If the playoffs were starting soon, I would think the Patriots would be a more concerning wild card opponent than some of the other teams that are in contention. Do you think the Bills having a couple extra days to prepare? Um... You know, going against a Trevor Simeon Saints team as opposed to maybe a Jameis Winston Saints team, um, who may also not have Alvin Kamara for that game. I know he's still up in the air, I think, for this week. Um, but no Alvin Kamara, no Michael Thomas, no Jameis Winston for the Saints, um, you know, and an extra three days, two or three days to prepare for the Patriots. Do you think that's obviously going to play into Buffalo's favor? Or you think you know, they're going to get overly prepared for, for New England and, 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 and not come out and play their game on on Monday Night Football in Buffalo. I, I mean, I think that's favorable for the Bills. You're going from Thursday night to Monday night. That's a nice nice little break there. Usually, it feels like the last couple of years the Bills have been on the short end of, of that stick all the time. Somebody else getting extra time to prepare for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it couldn't couldn't hurt to have more time to, to recover. And you're talking about next – Next Thursday on Thanksgiving against the Saints, yeah, the Bills should should win that game. But Spencer yeah, Brown going to be Spencer Brown going to be back for that game? We don't know. It depends if he's vaccinated or not, based on the NFL's rules. So I was going to ask you that because I know you tweeted about it and you wrote about it on uh, the Channel Four website as well. Uh, so what are the rules when it comes to Spencer Brown or any player in mm-hmm. the NFL regarding being vaccinated, unvaccinated, and their time length? of being out when they do get put on that COVID list. Thank you for reading my article, Charlie. Love that. Always, man. I'm your biggest fan. I told you this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the NFL's rules depend on if you're vaccinated or not. If you are fully vaccinated and you test positive, you may return once you are, A, asymptomatic, and, B, you have two negative tests 24 hours apart, which in Spencer Brown's case could technically be before Sunday if he were to be vaccinated and have like the most mild case in the world. If he's not vaccinated or any player who's not vaccinated, you're out a minimum 10 days. And then it's when you're asymptomatic. So first of all, we are hoping that he is asymptomatic, does not have this bad, does not get effects by this. Like we're hoping he has a mild case and can return ASAP. We don't know if, if if he's not vaccinated, and we don't we don't know this yet. But some people have already been in my mentions. Oh, if you see some of the stuff this guy posts on his Instagram story, you know he's pretty pretty you know conservative, probably not vaccinated. I'm like, if if it's ten days, he's out for sure next Thursday. So he misses minimum two games if he's not vaccinated. That's I don't Charlie. Charlie we said on this podcast before the year. One of the biggest threats to knocking the Bills off a Super Bowl track is COVID, keeping people out of important games, people not being available for their teammates. 
I I have nothing left to say on this without getting angry. Like COVID, I mean, you're not in Buffalo. COVID is is very bad here again. You know, we're we're our fourth wave is is spiking high. We have more people in the hospital than we did at the in the 2020 first lockdown. You know, Buffalo schools just came out the other day and said we had 400 positive cases in schools in the last two weeks. We might, you know. Who knows what's going to happen if they're going to have to go remote, remote again. Get vaccinated. Get boosted. Don't be an idiot. All right? You don't have to like it. You have to not be a moron. Get <laughs> vaccinated. Like, Yeah. Just, I, I mean, at, at this point. Uh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm sorry going on this little rant here. Like, and this is, I'm, I'm thinking of it in football terms here. But, like, people who went through the drought went through all that suffering. And you're telling me, like. Somebody on TV that you listened to told you not to get vaccinated, and that's going to derail the Bills Super Bowl. Like, there's not a good reason to not be vaccinated unless you are in like the the one percent of unvaccinated people who have some actual medical reason why they can't do it. And I feel for those people. I got no patience left for the other people at all. No, I I mean Nick, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, I know a number of our mutual friends that are not vaccinated and. You know, I, I worry about them because some of them are my, my, my best friends. And, um, you know, I worry about what's going to happen to them if if things continue to get bad again. Uh, I'm actually boosted. I am. I'm boosted, baby. Nice. So, I'm going. I'm going next week. Good for you. Good for you. I So I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, so Sean, again, if, uh, Brian Babel or any of the office coordinators, you know, <laughs> you if, you need, available. If, if you need an extra vaccinated body in there to help get your team over the vaccinated threshold in the league i'm here for you um another covid guy i wanted to ask you about because i don't i have not seen and maybe i missed it but i have not seen the notification come through saying that he has been taken off the covid list and that's mitch mitchell trubinsky uh i want to say that that did happen i will double check for you right now uh, I, I do think know today, that Cooper... his wife, if if mitch is listening to the process podcast which I'm sure he's not, but Mitch and his wife are having their first child. So congratulations to them. Oh, I did uh, see that. Congrats. Nothing like having your first child in Buffalo. Great place. Not All that right, I so- had my first child there, but you know, if I can go back and, you know, I'd move my wife to Buffalo just to have a child. <laughs> uh, the only people the bills are currently listing on the COVID list are Star Latule and Spencer Brown. I okay, believe he came back. Yes. I believe he did come back. I was getting nervous because I'm like, I, I, I didn't see him last week. I haven't seen the, the text come through. I did see Kumaro came back. Yeah, Fromm um, was back. I'm pretty sure Trubisky's also back. Okay. Oh, and, and the one thing that tells me, for all those wondering if Josh Allen was vaccinated, Fromm and Trubisky both came down with COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Technically, Josh would be a close contact to at least to Mitch because Mitch was the backup. So you assume – they're in the same room with each other constantly, right? You this, this uh, and again, we are piecing this together, right? So, so Make, I, I, I would think, and and from what I, I've read as well, if you're unvaccinated, you have to wear a mask to your interviews. Josh does not wear a mask. Uh, many players are skirting that, not just named Aaron Rodgers, but um, some of the way, <laughs> some of the way, like in the summer, the teams were getting around that was doing the interview outside, so it was like hard to really put two and two together. Right. But I was, I was, I mean, just shooting the breeze with somebody. I was saying when Josh Allen signed that massive deal, I would, if I was the Bills, I was okay. You want two hundred and fifty million dollars? You're getting vaccinated before you sign this deal. Maybe they did, and we, you know, it's not something that they came out and talked about. That would be Josh. I don't even want to say setting aside like personal differences for the team here. Josh Allen's dad was in the hospital with COVID, missed the playoff game last year because he was so sick. He was, you know, guy almost died, and then Josh went out and said stupid stuff on a podcast over the over the off season about I'm doing my research, which is just you know code for for not doing your research. I'm not getting my shot. Yeah. I, listen, man, at the end of the day, you know, just go get vaccinated, please. Not just – don't do it for yourself. Do it for grandma. Do it for my grandma. Do it for your neighbor. You know, it's no longer about you folks. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's take care of one another and get back to 
you know, being a country that finds ways to come together and stop tearing each other apart, not trying to use this podcast as my platform for anything other than talking Bill sports or Buffalo sports, but let, let, let's get back to caring about each other. Um, because I, I, I honestly thought something like this would bring the country together and not continue to tear us apart. And obviously there's a bunch of other things going on in this country on top of COVID that just continue to tear us apart, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm say COVID is leading yeah. the way. Um, hey, Charlie, you know what I was thinking the other day? Uh-oh. Nick was remember, thinking that. <laughs> remember the phrase, avoid it like the plague? Yeah. Yeah, we can retire that phrase because people are, are – the plague is avoid here. It, people avoid are, it like the Rona? <laughs> well, people are not avoiding it like the plague, and the plague is no, here. No, so no. That phrase can just be retired. No. I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, man, look, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get COVID. So, like, right. I understand that. Um, plenty of breakthrough cases, but, again, get vaccinated for yourself. I want, I'd like to, you Especially know. Especially with the holidays coming up. Yes. And be yes. around your family, probably with some older people there. You don't know where people have been, just. It's, hey, listen, if you want to watch the Bills game on Thanksgiving with your family, go get vaccinated. Um, but, Nick, real quick, uh, give a shout-out to our sponsors and the other birthday boy, uh, your You're brother, Dr. Ethos Performance Rehab, Buffalo's premier physical therapy. They do one-on-one, all right? I've gone to physical therapy that my insurance paid for, and they had five other people in the room they said hey do this exercise and then they walked away and you know three weeks later i found out i've been doing it wrong the whole time because that's the way insurance in this company in this country is set up that they need to take that much of a caseload you want someone who's actually paying attention to you who's going to market it who's going to format the strategy do it right to you watch you train you test you push you you want to get better you want to improve you want to overcome something that you're dealing with ethos performance rehab find them on instagram dr matt dr zach tell them the process sent you and hey if you end up going wish dr matt a happy birthday as well while you're there i mean i guess um, if, if you want to he, he also just turned 30 <laughs> and joined joined the old man's club so um you know good for him uh welcome to 30 matt uh glad to have you on this side of 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 the big three oh um nick anything else before we go i know we kind of jumped around a little bit talked a little bit about covid uh tell me uh real quick uh american league mvp came out today shohei otani was unanimous first place votes over vlad guerrero jr i i absolutely would have voted for otani did you expect it to be that unanimous or that lopsided we haven't seen our generation has not seen a player like, like Otani since forever. Right. And, and he does obviously get, and rightfully so, I think the way that he hits and the way that he, that he pitches, he has a lot of comparisons to a Babe Ruth. Um, And maybe he's this generation's Babe Ruth. Now I want to see if he can come out and do it again next year, you know, but he, he looked, he looked damn good doing it this year. And it was a lot of fun to watch a lot of fun to follow. Uh, I wish he was in the National League um, for his sake, you know, because I'd like to see him hit a lot more. Um, but he's also a guy that they can use in the DH role in, in, in the American League if they wanted to, really, for the way he hits the ball. Um, which, with the, the universal DH role, I believe, coming into play next season in the National League as well, they're going to, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't matter anymore. But, excuse me, long story short, um, Yes, he deserved national or American League MVP. Now, I believe, if I've heard correctly on our side, from Brace fans, um, Bryce Harper won National League MVP, if I'm not mistaken. This is correct. That was the wrong vote. Your vote would have been for whom? Austin Riley. <laughs> of course it would be. Tell, tell, tell me if I'm wrong. I, I mean... Did 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 uh did Harper lead his team or you know help lead his team to a playoff spot? No. They weren't even in the playoffs. You know what I mean? This is true. Um, it was like Bryce Harper did have a quieter media year given how good he was. Sure. He had let's see, I'm gonna look up his stats right now while we're sitting here talking. 
Uh, so this uh, season, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying like like the, the hype around Bryce Harper was not like as crazy as it had been in the past for a better year. No, I mean, look, he only hit 35 home runs this year, and I think um, Austin Riley hit like 33. But Austin Riley, in my opinion, was also a guy who at one point was being talked about being traded because he was not hitting the ball too well uh, in this Atlanta Braves uh, offense. And then, you know, to get – he had 33 home runs, 107 RBIs um, to Bryce Harper's 35 home runs and 84 RBIs. Also, that – also helped lead his team to first place in the NL East. Also helped lead his team to a playoff spot. Also helped lead his team to a World Series. Um, I mean, yes, we're, which, we're, which the voters did not know when the voting came in after the regular season. Correct. But, uh, I get that. I understand. I have, I have the, the full results from the Baseball Writers Association. Okay. Where do you think Austin Riley finished in the voting? Probably fourth. Do you think he finished? So you think he, okay, he was seventh. Freddie Freeman was ninth. Freddie, look, I'm fine with Freddie not getting MVP. I mean, I don't think he should have been in the conversation as much as what Austin Riley should have been. Um, yeah, Soto was second, Tatis third, Brandon Crawford was fourth, mm-hmm. including four first place votes, Trey Turner, Goldschmidt, and Riley. Uh, like Tatis a lot. Still, he could have been MVP over Harper. I just don't think Harper deserved MVP over the names that you named. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to think Tatis had been, it was, you know, such a good year. Third place MVP voting had the shoulder injury like nagging all season. When that guy's happy, he's going to be unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Tatis is going to be dangerous. Um, by the way, I know you're a Yankees fan. Tell your Yankees to stay the hell away from Freddie Freeman, please. I know at the moment I was thinking about it, Freddie Freeman, I would be I think you're right. I would be very shocked if he did not resign. He turned down and they made him an offer. Eh, the qualifying uh, he always turned down the qualifying offer. Well no, they they also offered him five years for I think 189 million and he did he wants six years for two hundred. Uh oh, okay. That's Okay. I don't know what else he needs. He already has a private plane. I saw him and his wife were flying out to California for the summer on their private jet. Like, their house here is huge. So, I don't know what else. I don't know what else he needs with two hundred million dollars living in Atlanta. Unless he's going to be rolling rolling down the street with Jermaine Dupree and and Outcast mm-hmm. and and Ludacris. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what else he need. Yeah, you know? I. Uh... I don't know. I'd be curious to, to see what type of contracts the bigger players go for and the maybe like the, the bonus structure too, given that we might be looking at, at a potential lockout if uh, some reports are accurate here with the mm-hmm. CBA negotiations coming. Sounds like it could get ugly. Um, you're seeing, yeah, I think, uh, who was it? Syndergaard just signed with the Angels. You're seeing some mm-hmm. people try to go early, get their money, lock it in. I, I think that the real big guys like Freeman are probably going to wait, but could be wrong. Let me ask you as a Yankees fan, Nick, are you surprised Aaron Boone is still the manager of the New York Yankees? Um, So I was talking with some of my friends about this after the season. I am surprised in the sense that the Yankees have like this unbelievable standard. And if you're, t- you're not getting your team to championship level, you don't tend to last very long. On the other hand, the modern manager is really kind of just pushing the buttons for the front office. And as long as the front office is liking the way he implements their plan and he's doing good, the players like him and the, and the clubhouse is happy. I don't know what more you're really looking for from a manager right now in the way baseball is played. So from that perspective, no, they, they did. They fired a bunch of the assistant coaches, basically everyone who else who could, could get cleared out was cleared out. So I'm interested to see how it goes. I think his leash is, his leash is probably not going to be not going to be too long if they you know if they're not really pushing for a, a title the next year or two, then he's probably out. But he's I'm that sh- he knows the deal. Everyone else around him got fired. So speak speaking of managers, uh, is it time to have the managers no longer wear full uniforms? Yes. Oh my dude, that's so weird. Just, There's no reason for managers to have their own jersey number. We'll put it that way. 
I mean, even like, I don't know, just grown. It's a little weird already that grown men are wearing these pinstripe pants and belts that like it's just, just relative to what other people in other sports wear. So like baseball uniforms right. are a little bit funny, but then you got this old, you know, some of these guys are very old walking out there and they just, they I mean, you got Dusty they, Baker who's 70 something years old wearing a full baseball uniform. It just looks like he's trying to. Yeah, Try, trying to relive his uh, his glory days. I mean, listen, D- Dusty Baker is not sliding anywhere anytime soon. All right, no, no, no. Even even Ron Washington, the third base coach for the Braves, like him just lo- standing over there, little old Ron. Uh, I mean, know. but you know what, Aaron Boone is known for that. I read there was an article about this. I think it was in the Daily News about his his outfit that he was known for it was the cutoffs the the full cutoff sleeve hoodie. All right, not like Belichick where it's you know, cut off at the elbows, like cut off the whole sleeve was cut off and he's got the Under Armour underneath. And this is like, this is a, a look here with the, the, the tighter fitting stuff, but he does it like, so like, I don't know if his wife, his wife must do it. Like he gets it so perfectly. It's almost like it's him. It's. I'm sure, they have the, I'm sure he has the uniform guys take care of it with their sewing abilities somebody you know I mean? well, somebody in the story has said that there were scissors involved like these cut them I'm, that is a perfect job can you imagine like you know you're you're filling out a resume for another job and your previous job was you were the guy who cut the sleeves off of aaron boone sweaters that i was a, i was a scissor guy for the new york yankees <laughs> What it, that sounds like a job out of Seinfeld. Like George Costanza would be the scissors guy for the New York Yankees. Hmm. I don't oh. know. Did you, do you follow the Seinfeld Buffalo account? I do. I, I did see a few weeks ago you did get called out by the Seinfeld Buffalo. Yeah, I, get, I got. Yeah, I was on there again t- today. So if you're not familiar, there's an account called Seinfeld Buffalo, and just kind of like invent some scenarios, and then they tag people. They tag people in it. And it's, you know, you know, George, George runs into at, I don't know, Sal Capaccio and, and something funny, you know, and then Kramer and Newman did this with some, I don't know. Uh, t- t- today they had me on there, uh, caught making out with Elaine behind consumer beverages. All right. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, hey. I was like, hey. Hmm. I responded with an Elaine gift, like, huh? Like, all right, guys. I guess guess we're going there. Yeah, guess I was, uh, was sponge worthy. I don't know. Interesting, uh, interesting take today. Um, you know, they they they've been pretty good. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun uh, to follow, especially. You know, they don't drop something every day, you know, or every week. So when they do, it's like, oh, there's something fun. Um, especially the week of the. Jaguars lost, so someone was on the on the lookout for to kind of cheer me up. But um, good for you making it. Is that your second time now on there, or have you been on uh, there? I've been, I've been on there a couple. But I, I also follow them, so they only have you know like a thousand followers. So I'm I'm one of I guess I'm assuming that people who I'm sure that they're tagging more famous people than me, who's not very famous, like to try to get some engagement going but maybe since i'm a and i always respond to them when they do so i don't know if you know who runs the account let me know we can you know we'll say hey hey why not he does follow or she this person whoever runs the account does follow me as well i'm shocked i haven't gotten a shout out oh what's up seinfeld buffalo shout out charlie in the process yeah shout out the process podcast you know maybe 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 george george wants to be a guest on the process i don't know I got okay. So listen, uh, our Seinfeld Buffalo process is is gonna be. We're gonna do it with George. It's gonna be Yankees related. All right. Steinbrenner gets mad at the process and sends George to be the muscle and and beat us around. All right. I like it. Yeah. I think I think you need to send the idea over to uh, Seinfeld <laughs> Buffalo. I think some of our listeners should uh, should be should be you know trying trying to hook it up. I should, one of our listeners should should have to know this guy. I mean, yeah, so, someone needs to know who runs Seinfeld Buffalo because, uh, you know, first of all, the cast Seinfeld lived in Buffalo. There's not enough shows. There's not enough TV shows about Buffalo. I feel like there needs to be some TV shows about Buffalo. 
Well, you can only do it like like four months out of the year. The rest would be like, oh, hey, it's snowed again today, guys. Might be fun. You never know. It might be fun. It might be fun. It's it's April and it's still cold out. Listen, man, uh, I am right now considering coming up for the Bills-Falcons game January 2nd. And I am hoping for snow, although they are calling for snow here in what you out-of-towners like to call hot Atlanta. Hot Atlanta won't be so hot come next week when our low is going to be in the low 20s. Listen, I'm just saying the marine biologist episode couldn't happen in Buffalo because the lake would have still been frozen. All right, The golf ball would have just kept going. <laughs> hey, listen, frozen lake is always a good thing. At least for you guys. Frozen lake means means no more lake effects now. You are correct, my friend. That's right. Frozen lake always means good stuff. Always means good stuff. Uh, So, Nick. Score prediction prediction for me this week, Bill Colts? Oh, man. Uh, So, listen. I'm going to go. I'm going to stick with what I said. If they're up by 17 and a half, I think the Bills win 31 to 20. If they're not up by 17 and a half, I think they lose uh, 24 to 17. If they're okay. All right. Um, I'm thinking Spencer Brown's absence hurts. I think they win a closer game. Bills 23, Colts 17. Does Josh Allen throw for 300 this week again? I mean, it sounds so repetitive, but let me, a better question, better question. Do does the running back committee run for over 100 yards? And when I say running back committee, that means Breida Moss and Singletary without Josh Allen. I think that's gonna be hard to do with this offensive line. I'm gonna okay. say no. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie touchdown this week in the red zone. Nope. Okay. Okay. I disagree. I think you get Isaiah McKenzie involved in some way, and I think he gets in the end zone again because I feel like that's the only way. They're going to find success in the red zone is by using Isaiah McKenzie right now. Dawson Knox is back. Dawson Knox TD would be nice. Uh, he didn't do too much last week. He had one nice catch, but, you know, not bad. For, did you see the pitch that I'm getting on the plane and how swollen his hand was? Yes. I couldn't believe he could fit his hand in a glove. Holy cow. They must have given him some nice shots, man. Something must have worked with him because I don't know what the hell you do to get that swelling down like that to fit into a glove to play football. I don't know. You know, tape it and squeeze the heck out of it and get some stim going and try to get the. I mean, dude, I've tried to play hockey with like a with a broken finger. I mean, that's you know, just holding the hockey stick is tough. I can't imagine playing football. I mean, he broke it a month ago at this point, so like the the pain is gone. Just kind of hoping it's strong enough. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. Although this, I feel like that swelling though's got to be a little bit painful. Oh, for sure. I mean, you don't you get swelling anywhere. Like you don't realize how compact your the inside of your body area is. Any swelling just kind of pushes on the muscles and, and tendons and nerves more than they're they're used to, and it's just not the same sensation. But it was, I will say, it was in the the palm area. And listen, you if you're catching a ball, you need to catch with those fingers. So. Get your palm off of there, fingers only, squeeze it. Well, Nick, uh, tell the folks where to find you. On Twitter at Nick Veronica, Facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. Uh, awesome. You can find me at Chowit68 on Twitter, C H A W T 68 on Twitter. I also, Nick, before we go, I do have to mention. Uh, for those folks who are going down to Tampa, uh, I promised some friends of mine from down there that I would give them a shout out uh, to help yeah, them let's hear it. kind of move some stuff along. Um, so down in Tampa the night before, Fred Jackson is going to be with the Bills Backers of Brandon uh, group at O'Brien's Irish Pub uh, from 2 to 6 p.m. in uh, in Brandon, Florida. Uh, tickets are going to be $75 per person. Meet and greet with Fred Jackson, draft beer, wine, and select liquors. There is going to be beef on whack, pulled pork, and chicken sandwiches. Uh, 
you also, with your ticket, get an entry drawing into two tickets for the Bills Bills Bucks game as well. Uh, to purchase tickets, go to www.brandonbillsbackers.com and then click on Bills vs. Bucks Tailgate Party. Uh, they are also offering um, other raffle prizes, 50-50 and Bills Backers swag. So if you're down in down in Tampa, it's only about a 20-minute drive down to Brandon. Uh, go check them out. These guys are a lot of fun. I've watched a lot of game with these guys. Uh, again, Bills Backers of Brandon. Tailgate party Saturday, December 11th from 2 to 6 p.m. at O'Brien's Irish Pub, Brandon, Florida. Meet the great Fred Jackson. Uh, Marshawn Lynch leading the charge this week. That should be fun. I really hope there's a lot of video of that going around. And if he does not ride out uh, to meet the crowd with the equipment truck, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Get him in the gator. That's right. That's right. Find a way. Maybe maybe that's what they need. Maybe while he's there, Brandon Beanie sit, sit Marshawn down and say, hey, our running game sucks. Do you want to come run the ball for us? Maybe that's what the Bills need. I don't know. We're Nick does not look too excited about that, no. everyone. But, uh, By the way, hey, shout out to State Bonaventure, number 22 in the AP basketball poll. Big win day against Boise State. Love having a local team ranked. It's always fun to get the local team ranked. Uh, St. Bonnie's has been good for years, and hopefully they can stay good and make a nice run come March. But appreciate everyone tuning in. As always, Nick Veronica on Twitter, at Nick Veronica. Myself on Twitter, at Chowit68. And as always, the process on Twitter, at the underscore process pod. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, follow us, wherever you listen to your podcast. And most importantly, remember to always trust the process.